It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. You guys know that at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Andrew Brandt was fantastic this morning, breaking down the Jalen Smith, Stephon Gilmore, Urban Meyer situations on the Ross Tucker football podcast, like he always does. Steve Fezzik killing it on the Even Money podcast, just like Joe Dolan does every week here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Check him out on social at FG underscore Dolan. You can always watch this show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and use the code 21feast at fantasypoints.com. That is how you get more fantasy information than you could possibly know what to do with. This is the show that's so nice. We do it twice. We actually record it back to back, but we don't want to send you guys like an hour and 20 minute uh, podcast. So we break it up. The Thursday nighter, the Sunday one o'clocks in episode one. Then the Sunday late games, Sunday nighter, Monday nighter in episode two. Joe, let's get right into it because Thursday night is a good one. We've got four game sample size on everybody now. We got a pretty good feel for who these teams are, who these players are. What do we need to know about the Rams and the Seahawks Thursday night? Well, first and foremost, let me just throw it out there that um, Chris Carson did not practice on Tuesday with a neck injury. So if Chris Carson can't go, and I'm we're recording this before the injury reports, before the, the Seahawks practice on Wednesday, if he can't go, Alex Collins is instantly in the RB2 conversation. Matter of fact, he outproduced. Chris Carson last week and Michael Sean Duggar covers the Seahawks for the athletics seems to indicate that they might go with a little bit of a hot hand approach. So just keep an eye on that. Um, well, we'll continue with the Seahawks. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup because last year, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in this matchup combined for 16 catches for 195 yards on 24 targets. Now that might seem like a lot, but you have to remember these two teams played twice last year. So that's essentially four games combined. And those two receivers averaged under nine fantasy points per game in those those, uh, games combined. Now, Raheem Morris has changed the scheme up. Jalen Ramsey has played more snaps in the slot than outside in every single game this year, including last week against Arizona going up against DeAndre Hopkins. So what does that mean? I'm not, I'm not sure a whole lot because the Seahawks don't really have a predominant slot receiver. When they go to 11 personnel, which is not their base, um, Freddie Swain will play in the slot a lot, but Tyler Lockett will play there. DK Metcalf will play there. I think you just got to play Metcalf and Lockett, but keep in mind, I have Metcalf higher than Lockett this week. Why? Because Lockett's been it banged up. He's got the knees, got the hip. He's a guy who plays through injury, but always plays better when he's not dinged up, uh, as m- many do. Um, so I like Metcalf a little bit better than Lockett this week. I think Russell Wilson's a low-end quarterback one against this Rams defense that you know might still be learning this new scheme. It hasn't been as dominant as you might have expected. So that that that'll that'll break it down for the Seahawks for me. What about the Rams, Joe? 
Yeah. So one one stat that needs to be uh, thrown out there is just how much Daryl Henderson is playing. And I was surprised last week coming off the rib injury how much he played. But, you know, he got seven of the first 10 opportunities in the Ram backfield. Sony Michelle fumbled deep in their own territory. And then Sony Michelle was benched. They, they didn't use Sony Michelle at all. Um, when Daryl Henderson is healthy and and available, meaning before he got hurt in week two, so all of week one, all of week four, before he got hurt in week two, which was in the fourth quarter of the Indianapolis game, Daryl Henderson has handled all but four of the Rams running back opportunities, which are which are targets plus carries. Daryl Henderson right now, volatile because of the injury history, understood. He is a legitimate bell cow when he's out there. So I understand if you're not like thinking of him in the same tier the way you think of a Derrick Henry because the health hasn't been there consistently. And I understand that. That's why the Rams traded for Sony Michelle. But you have got, if you have Daryl Henderson, you have got a legitimate league winning type of type of player if he's uh, able to stay on the field and even manages to come close to the usage that he has right now. That's Daryl Henderson and what he's doing. And by the way, the Seahawks have been essentially the worst run defense in football this year. They've given up the second most fantasy points to running backs all season long. When it comes to the wide receivers, you got to play Cooper Cup. Quiet last week. He and Stafford just couldn't get on the same page. 13 targets, but only five catches. Um, and here's the deal with Robert Woods. Robert Woods, you might have noticed, Ross, scored a touchdown, a garbage time touchdown to save his fantasy day last week against the Cardinals. He threw a hissy fit on the sidelines. He is frustrated. And it's not that he's not involved. He has 25 targets, which is the same number as DeAndre Hopkins this season. But he's not on the same page with Stafford. Stafford is clearly gravitating towards Cup. And I think Robert Woods is used to battling Cup, not battling, but like, playing off of Cup as the 1A, 1B. Right now this season, Cup's been kind of the one, and Woods and Van Jefferson are going toe-to-toe as like the 2A and 2B. Robert Woods doesn't like that. Sean McVay comes out and says, I've got to do a better job getting the ball in Robert Woods' hands. I wonder if it's a squeaky wheel game for Robert Woods. This is why Joe's the best, by the way. The Jalen Ramsey playing in the slot nugget, the Henderson usage nugget. I hope you guys tell other people about this show because Joe is the man. How about the Jets and the Falcons across the pond? Zach Wilson starting to heat up a little bit with some of those deep throws. Yeah, I thought Zach Wilson played well, and I think he's got a good matchup this week against the Falcons, which puts you know Corey Davis in the conversation for a wide receiver three. Not somebody... I think you're going to trust Ross. Like I, I don't think this is somebody you're really excited to go out there and say, yeah, baby, Corey Davis. Um, if you're holding Elijah Moore, the last thing you wanted to see was what Jamison Crowder did in week, in week four. Uh, Zach Wilson gravitated toward him, had nine targets, caught seven of them and one for a touchdown. Elijah Moore right now is simply a bench stash. But if Zach Wilson, Wilson starts to improve, then Elijah Moore becomes uh, more and more viable. Um, in the backfield, the guy you want is Michael Carter if you're rostering anybody. I know it is a Tevin Coleman revenge game, uh, but Michael Carter had 13 carries. Uh, he's been the lead back three three weeks running. It's just been like pulling teeth trying to get production out of him. So he's only really a 14-team option. Um, Zach Wilson, 
not a season-long option. Maybe he's a DFS option. This is what uh, my guy Scott Barrett at Fantasy Points, he said, this is a slop fest. This could be one game between two bad teams that actually ends up scoring 50, 55 points, and it's and it's a game nobody's on for DFS because nobody wants to deal with these players, and all of a sudden there's a lot of points scored because neither of these teams offers much resistance. But the Jets, from a season-long perspective, remain not all that appealing for fantasy football. Falcons. <laughs> yeah, Cordero Patterson, huh? Cordero Patterson, baby. Uh, he So Cordero Patterson had three touchdown receptions uh, in week four. That's despite just playing 30% of the snaps. Wayne Gallman got involved. Mike Davis um, looks bad. I mean, Mike Davis had 13 carries for 14 yards and two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown on 67% of the snaps. So Mike Davis is playing like two-thirds of the snaps and he's gaining 26 yards from scrimmage. Patterson looks great. Now, the the thing I wonder with Patterson, are his snaps going to go up? Or are they looking at him and saying, he's a guy who we can put out there on a third of the snaps and he's going to give it his all on every single one of those snaps, and he's going to continue to be efficient. I also wonder, you know, he's playing out wide. He's playing in the slot. How much of that was because Russell Gage is inactive? But nonetheless, I mean, Cordell Patterson's a top three running back right now. You cannot sit this guy. You can't do it. He's too hot. Um, Arthur Smith is, is, is essentially dialing things up for him. So, yeah, I'm in on Cordell Patterson. So, Matt Ryan... Uh, finished as the quarterback three on the week. A completely different plan of attack for Matt Ryan. He basically averaged a depth of throw was about five yards through the first three games. He was up in over 12 yards in week number four. And, And that was to mixed results. You know, Calvin Ridley is still really on a super high target. You have to play Calvin Ridley. He's got super high target volume, but he's not getting in the end zone. He's not making huge plays. You have to play him. But um, the offense still hasn't worked yet for him. I think it's coming. Kyle Pitts, another one. Nine targets, four catches for 50 yards. I feel like it's coming for Kyle Pitts after Matt Ryan really decided to try to stretch the field or Arthur Smith made the conscientious conscientious decision. We're going to stretch the field this week. I'm, I'm looking forward to more Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley action coming forward. If that, that change with Matt Ryan going vertical a little bit more, uh, continues into week number three, uh, in week number five, rather. The Detroit Lions really disappointed me last week uh, from a betting standpoint. Oh, yeah. The Minnesota Vikings, they marched on the first drive and got a touchdown, and then nothing after that, Joe. I was shocked. Oh, well, I thought it was going to be a huge game for Minnesota. Uh, Kirk Cousins goes seven for seven on their opening drive. And goes 13 for 31 after. It was a bad game across the board. You know, you got you got yours with Justin Jefferson. But Jefferson was the only Viking. I mean, Kirk Cousins was consistently under siege uh, in that game. Um, but, uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case with the Lions this week. You know, Trey Flowers uh, has been in and out of the lineup. They just put... Um, they just put uh, uh, their other uh, star patcher. Sorry, his name is slipping my mind. Tore his Achilles. Uh, uh, Aquara, he tore his Achilles. Um, so he's going to be out. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a lot of time to throw in this game. Um, and I think Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are going to get theirs in this game for Minnesota. Keep an eye on the status of Dalvin Cook. Didn't look 100%. Played under 50% of the snaps. 
He's coming back from what our injury expert, Edwin Porras at Fantasy Points, thinks is a high ankle sprain. Just keep an eye on the status of Dalvin Cook. If he goes, you got to play him. But uh, I think this is a game for Kirk Cousins and those two receivers to really get right after a bad game against Cleveland last week. What about for the Lions, Joe? So the Lions last week, uh, people are going to be disappointed by the fact that DeAndre Swift, you know, didn't have a huge game. But the usage was excellent. His 76% snap share was the highest of the season for him. He still had six targets. He only had eight carries for 16 yards. And Jamal Williams did really well on the ground. But DeAndre Swift, the usage was was really strong for me. And this Vikings run defense has been abominable this year. You know, uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for 169 yards on them last week. In week three, Chris Carson goes for 80 yards and a touchdown on the Vikings. In week number two, Minnesota's ground game, it struggles again. Um, week number one, their ground game struggled on the uh, uh, defensively. So Minnesota is a ground defense that I think is very, very gettable. Um, uh, I think this is going to be a good game for DeAndre Swift. Get DeAndre Swift in your lineups. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was back in the box score with eight targets last week. Um, it didn't necessarily translate to huge fantasy production, but a tight end who's consistently getting that many targets, he's unfortunately, he's somebody you got to play. The, the problem for the lions is their wide receivers. They've had a different guy at the wide receiver position, either lead them outright or tie for the lead in targets each and every week of the season. Khalif Raymond's done it. Almon Ross St. Brown did it this past week. Trinity Benson did it in week one. Quintez Cephas has done it a couple of times. Every game, they've had a different guy tie or lead in target share for wide receivers. It's uh, it, it's really not a position that you want to meddle in unless you're in a deeper league. Amon Ross St. Brown might be the guy you go pick up if you're in a deeper league. He had eight targets this past week. I like him. Um, before we get to the Saints in Washington, I want to talk about something else I like, Joe. Manscaped. Look, I don't like to get too graphic or personal here on this show. I will just say I had a couple of incidents and a couple of nicks in my uh, manscaping career before I heard about Manscaped and the lawnmower. Now they got version 4.0 out, which is awesome. You can get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code FEAST20. Look, I've been very clear about this. I'm a big believer in manscaping for a lot of reasons, including my ego, to make me feel better about myself. And yes, if you read between the lines, you can probably figure out exactly what I'm talking about. That's why I manscape. Also, I don't like getting nicks from trying to use like tiny scissors or whatever else I used to do. Thank goodness for manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code FEAST20. Stiff, wow, this is what they actually have written here. Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. That might be the first time I've ever used that word on one of my podcasts, and maybe the last. I haven't decided yet. 
Joe, let me get out of here as quick as possible. New Orleans, the Saints, and Washington football team. Uh, well, let me try to talk about this game as quickly as possible. I hate the New Orleans Saints, and I say it every week on the podcast. How? How? Does Alvin Kamara not get a target? I don't get it. Taysom Hill's using the red zone. And look, I can't. As much as we in the fantasy industry hate Taysom Hill, we don't hate him personally. We just hate that he's used at the goal line and Alvin Kamara doesn't get touchdowns. And, you know, in the past it was Latavius Murray didn't get touchdowns. Right now, Alvin Kamara is the only guy you should give a should give a pube about on this fantasy team. Um, he doesn't get targets. He doesn't get touchdown opportunities because Taysom Hill's at the goal line. Now that works. Taysom Hill scored two touchdowns. It's just really annoying from the Saints' perspective. Alvin Kamara has fewer targets than Derrick Henry this year. I mean, I don't know what they're doing offensively. If this is the way they want to play, why don't you just play Taysom? If Jameis Winston's going to throw the ball 22 times a game, why don't you just play Taysom Hill and run the damn option? I don't get it. Um, it's Alvin Kamara bust for me. Um, if you're really desperate, uh, Deontay Harris had eight targets. Uh, good luck. This will be the week Marquez Callaway gets eight targets. Um, Jawan Johnson seems to have usurped Adam Troutman's role. All that meant was three targets. He did score a touchdown this past week. I hate the New Orleans Saints for fantasy. It's an awful team. Yeah, you've been pretty clear about that. All right, what about the Washington football team? Uh, now, this team's been kind of fun for fantasy. Heineke's out there running around like a chicken with his head cut off and throwing the ball up. And Terry McLaurin, this guy makes like circus catches every week. And it's not like Odell Beckham circus catches where like he's, he's going one. It's like... Taylor Heineke throws a ball up that looks like a punt and McLaren's got to fight off defenders to come down with it. Like the guy is a contortionist and I love watching him play. And all I ask from a backup quarterback, all I ask, give your guys a chance to make a play. That's what Taylor Heineke does. I can't knock him for that. I mean, and he had good numbers. Like I used him in a two quarterback league last week and he was excellent for me in that, you know, he runs around, he'll use his legs. He ran for 45, 43 yards. Um, uh, Logan Thomas got hurt. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. If he doesn't, Ricky Seals Jones is a, is a tight end streamer. Obviously the former wide receiver erstwhile Ross. I know you're a big fan of that word mm-hmm. erstwhile of the Cardinals. Uh, uh, he can, he can go out there and maybe step in for you for one week if you need to. Um, unfortunately when it comes to Antonio Gibson, he's dealing with a little bit of a rib injury this week. Um, he got hit late in that game. Um, it could be nothing. But, you know, he was already coming into the game with a shin injury, so that could be a problem for Antonio Gibson. Keep an eye on his status. And fantasy players know J.D. McKissick is involved on passing downs. I wish it wasn't the case, but he is. And yep. if, if, if you know, if Gibson's at all banged up, McKissick's going to get snaps. Jared Patterson could get snaps. Um, one thing to keep an eye on, Deami Brown got hurt, the rookie wide receiver out of North Carolina. Curtis Samuel played about third of the snaps in his return from a groin injury. Curtis Samuel still caught all four of his targets. I think his usage is going to get ramped up here in the coming weeks. Check your waiver wires if you need a wide receiver. Curtis Samuel's a nice bench stash. Let's get to New England at Houston, where the Houston Texans just cut Anthony Miller. Yeah. Coaches really do not like that guy. No, uh, it was a problem in Chicago. and it, I mean, Chicago was trying to trade him for months. Chicago got a pick swap for him, Ross. You 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 saw that deal. They got a, a fifth for a seventh and Miller. Chicago's laughing to the bank right now. Um, yeah, Houston cut Anthony Miller. Let's just let's just call it like it is. 
Brandon Cooks is the only guy you can play from this team. Uh, Brandon Cooks is first in target share among wide receivers. Now, that didn't matter too much last week with Davis Mills looking like he'd never picked up a football before. Uh, but Brandon Cooks is first in target share among wide receivers. He is the only guy on the Houston Texans that you can even begin to consider in a standard season-long lineup. What about for the Patriots? Weird game for the Patriots last week. I feel like Jacoby Myers, by the way, this guy's good, man. Like, their slot receiver. I feel like he's going to catch 713 passes for 942 yards and no touchdowns this year. Like, I still believe Jacoby, correct me if I'm wrong, Ross. As a matter of fact, I'll correct myself if I'm wrong because I'll look it up right now. Uh, Yeah, Jacoby Myers has 112 receptions in his NFL career. Probably more than you, you thought, by the way. He has 112 receptions in his NFL career and does not have a touchdown. Jacoby Myers really wants to get off the schneid. He's got a tough matchup. The Texans with Desmond King, they're best in the slot. I don't think that's going to prevent Jacoby Myers from being targeted by Mac uh, Mac Brown, Mac Jones in this game. In the backfield, last week, the Patriots decided we're going up against the Buccaneers. We're not even going to try to run the football. They had negative rushing yards against the Buccaneers. Not going to happen this week against Houston. I think it's a good bounce-back matchup for Damian Harris. Maybe you get him in DFS where the uh, the roster ship isn't going to be high at all. Um, so I think Damian Harris is in a bounce-back spot here. But just keep in mind, in the backfield, when they go to passing downs, there's one guy they trust, and they trust him because of pass protection. It's Brandon Bolden, who had, I mean, this guy, this guy was backing up Patrick Pass back in the day. I mean, this guy's got to be 73 <laughs> years old, um, but he's, he's still out there and they're trusting him on third downs. He is a deep, deep fantasy option. He caught six passes last week against the Buccaneers. Um, I still wonder if they might swing a trade for like a Rex Burkhead type, but for right now, Brandon Bolden is the third down back for the New England Patriots. Moving on. Onward and upward, we've got the Miami Dolphins, yuck, at the Tampa uh-huh. Bay Buccaneers. Yay. Buccaneers are good. Uh, let's start with the Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett had a horrible game. Um, uh, Ross, you and I t- talked last week about that Colts-Dolphins game. That was the bad vibes bowl between two teams who were not very good and both owe their first-round picks to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Colts came away looking the better of those two teams, which tells you where the Dolphins are right now. Um, uh, Will Fuller breaks his finger. Will Fuller, I mean, bench stashed at best right now. Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki at least look like they're going to get theirs from Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Gesicki's a low-end tight end one. Parker's a low-end wide receiver three. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's prop bet for catches in this game was three and a half. He caught three in the first quarter. Ah, easy money. Easy money. Go to the bank. Fire up the car. Get the kids in the station wagon. No, didn't catch another pass. Three catches <laughs> for Jalen Waddle. Uh, one thing that also happened with with uh, the Dolphins. Not that you're really excited about this backfield, but Miles Gaskin was essentially benched. He played about a quarter of the offensive snaps, and they used Malcolm Brown as their lead back. It didn't matter too much. Malcolm Brown caught, ran just eight times for 23 yards and caught his only target for four yards. So, but if you need somebody who's going to play, Malcolm Brown might be the guy. Um, this is a tough defense. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even bother dabbling um, in this backfield this week. Uh, the guy I like the most is Waddle because I think the matchup in the slot as Jacoby Myers proved last Sunday night uh, is the best matchup to attack the Buccaneers. 
Uh, but the, I mean, the Dolphins are in eight tailspin right now. Uh, they, I mean, I'm not even a big Tua fan. They need Tua back in the worst way. What about Joe, um, the Bucks uh, after what you saw Sunday night? So my my opinion, I don't know if they're going to do this. My opinion would be they should bench Ronald Jones and just give the backfield to Fournette and Gio Bernard when Gio Bernard comes back. Um, but I don't know if they're going to do. That. I thought Fournette looked great, Ross. I don't. I mean, he's, he contributes in the passing game. He's not the – look, he's not the guy you draft top five. And, uh, you know, I guess these days rarely a running back you draft top five is the guy you draft top five. Uh, but I thought Fournette looked really good. Um, I don't think that matters anyway because I think against, you know, a, 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 most defenses, the Bucks are going to decide to throw the football. And, you know, Brady wasn't great last week. The weather wasn't great. The Patriots were able to get some pressure on him. Um, you know, Brady was inaccurate. Maybe he had some nerves going. Um, but Mike, Mike, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. I mean, you play these guys every week and Cameron Brake got six targets. Brady missed him a couple of times. I know he only caught two of them for 29 yards. Brady wasn't as sharp. I think Brady rebounds this week. I think all those guys are on, are on your fantasy radar. I mean, I think if you have Evans, Antonio Brown, Godwin, you know, you know what you got to do. You just got to play. Let's keep it rolling with the Packers. And the Bengals. This feels like a fun fantasy matchup. Yeah, let's keep an eye on the status of Joe Mixon. Now, Joe Mixon has uh, extra time. He has the mini-buy to get ready, but he suffered an ankle injury late last week um, on Thursday night football against the Jaguars. So keep an eye on his status. Um, He had a good game, 16 carries for 67 yards. Um, I'm a little disappointed uh, how little he's being used in the passing game. Um, But uh, if Joe Mixon doesn't go, Samaj P. Ryan will be on, like, the flex kind of uh kind of playing there because um i think chris evans will be used a little bit in the passing game so keep an eye on the status of joe mixon and and other than that you know cincinnati's easy for me we'll see if uh t higgins is back this week he's missed the last two games with a shoulder injury uh but how about how narrow the target tree was for the for the Bengals in that thursday night game tyler boyd gets 11 jamar chase gets nine cj uzoma gets six Mixing gets two and nobody else has more than one. So, I mean, the Bengals are one of those teams, Ross, I'd love to talk about them because you don't really need to dig into the depths to say, oh, you know, this could be the week me Cole Hardman goes off. No, that, that's not the case with the Bengals. There's not going to be a random week where Auden Tate goes off. If there was, it would have been this week when T Higgins is out. Now, they Joe Burrow throws to his guys. Joe Burrow in this game with, with a high line total, he's going to throw to his guys. Boyd, um, Chase, Higgins, all viable. Keep an eye on the status of Jair Alexander for the for the Packers. Has a shoulder injury. Just like Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander's been spending a lot of his time inside for the Packers defense. If he can't go, it's good for the entire Bengal passing game, but especially good for Tyler Boyd. What about the Packers? I mean... Is there anything to know other than Devontae and Aaron Jones? Does Randall Cobb a thing, Joe? He still hasn't played 50% of the snaps in any game this year, which is what concerns me. Alan Lazard was right there with Devontae Adams in routes run. Um, I wonder if his game last week is going to push Cobb into more of like a specialized third down and red zone role because that's where, where Rodgers trusts them. I think you could take a shot on him against a team in the Bengals that does not have a very good secondary um, as a wide receiver three. Um, here's the deal with Aaron Rodgers, though, by the way. Um, he's currently 
despite playing, I think overall, well, the QB 18 for fantasy. And if you take away week one, he's the QB 10. You know, I think you expect Aaron Rodgers to be a little bit better than that. But the problem is he doesn't run. And in this day and age, if you don't run, you're not putting up those huge numbers. So Aaron Rodgers is more of a low-end quarterback one. Good matchup. So I'm not at all um, uh, advising like you bench him this week, but just keep that in mind when it comes to Rodgers that the numbers haven't been as good as some other guys. In the backfield, A.J. Dillon finally got an opportunity in a game where the Packers were ahead. I wonder if that's going to continue. I don't think he's start-worthy yet. Ran for 81 yards and had 16 receiving yards against the Steelers. But just keep him on your bench because you know if it, he could now develop into somebody who has independent value. But if Aaron Jones goes down, he's a league winner. So I think that's a guy you need to have on your roster. It's not happening for Robert Tunyon right now. Two catches for eight yards on seven targets. I don't think it's Tunyon's fault. You know, I think I've seen Aaron Rodgers miss him a couple of times. And also, Tunyon's been in, as we talked last week, to chip block, uh, at, uh, help out the third string left tackle because the Packers are down to their third left tackle. It's just not happening right now. If you have another option, uh, I would bench Tunyon until further notice. We got the Broncos and the Steelers, and I don't know. I'm not overly enthused about any of the fantasy guys in this game, I guess, Joe. Tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, Well, I mean, we have to keep an eye on the status of Teddy Bridgewater who has a concussion. And if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't go, um, I think that's bad news for the passing game for for the the Broncos. I mean, everybody – well, you know, people say Noah Fant. I think Fant's fine. I mean, the tight end position is so thin that Fant you throw out there. You know, I thought I remembered Cortland Sutton having a good rapport with Drew Locke when the two were uh, played together in Locke's five starts in the 2019 season. The numbers weren't as good as I remembered, though. I I went and looked it up. 22 catches for 280 yards and two touchdowns on 40 targets. He was the wide receiver 27 over that span. So not bad, certainly usable. But uh, against Pittsburgh, I'm not sure how much that's going to come into play. The backfield is still a rotation. I still contend that at some point, Javante Williams is going to pull away here, but Melvin Gordon continues to do just enough where this is now a full-blown rotation. Javante Williams, um, I think, looks very good. Melvin Gordon looks fine, and unfortunately, you're going to have to contend with that if you have Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon on your fantasy roster. What about for the Steelers, Joe? It's ugly. Uh, Najee Harris is a dog, man. That's all I can say. Um, you know, they give him the ball on every fourth and long, though. Yeah, they do I, throw it underneath him on every fourth and long. Yeah, I mean, not exactly the smartest play, but I mean, Najee's a dog, man. This guy's a bell cow. I just wish he was on a better offense. Ben played another bad game, therefore, he picks up another injury. Oh, my hip's hurting now. Um, it's ugly, man. Chase Claypool got caught the midweek downgrade. Last week with a hamstring injury, we'll see if he comes back this week. He's volatile because Ben, he's putting so much effort into throwing the ball more than 10 yards downfield that he doesn't know where it's going. He's just like, it's like, you know, and like he just can't control it because he's got to put so much torque into it. He doesn't know where it's going. At the very least, Deontay Johnson. Man, Deontay, if you're going to get hurt, just get hurt at the end of the game like you did in week two. We can deal with that. We can deal with Deontay missing a game. We'll put somebody else in our lineup. Just don't get hurt early in the game because when Deontay Johnson doesn't get hurt early in the game, double-digit targets are on their way. You got to play that guy. We got two more games here, and it's Philadelphia, Carolina. I'm excited about Tennessee, Jacksonville, 
not so much. I also like overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business, like Fantasy Points, lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. A lot was working for the Eagles last Sunday, Joe. Now they play Carolina. They've got a good defense, but the Cowboys tore them up pretty much, pretty good. Yeah. And, and you wonder how much of that for Carolina was because you played some teams that weren't exactly explosive offensively. And, you know, the Eagles have their problems. But they can put points on, you know, it, they have some discipline issues. How about this stat, though, Ross? Jalen Hurts is the overall quarterback three this year. I believe he's lost six touchdowns to penalty or review this year. Ridiculous. I mean, like he like that game against uh, the Chiefs, he throws a dime to Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith does the same thing Jalen Rager did two weeks ago against San Francisco and gets forced out of bounds and doesn't reestablish himself in time to catch the perfect downfield throw. You have Dallas Goddard score his second touchdown of the game against the Chiefs. They get called for an ineligible man downfield penalty. Yeah, I already mentioned the Rager play from a couple of weeks ago. Jalen Hurts has lost multiple touchdowns and is still the quarterback three. Um, the guy puts up massive numbers even when he doesn't play well. This is why I said, you might remember the comments were, this is ridiculous. <laughs> When I said if Jalen Hurts starts 17 games, he's a top five fantasy quarterback. Well, he's well on his way. Well on his way. Because um, he runs, too. Devontae Smith looked great last week for Philadelphia. Um, he's a strong wide receiver three option. The tight ends are both viable. The problem is it's two of them, Ertz and Goddard. Goddard, I prefer. Um, Hurt, uh, Hurts missed Ertz for a touchdown. Um, uh, last week, uh, he threw over him down the seam. So he threw over his head. So... That's kind of the issue with the Eagles. They can't get out of their own way, missing throws in big situations, penalties in big situations. Um, it's a young coach with a young quarterback. The thing everybody wants to know about with the Eagles is the backfield. Ultimately, I think the Eagles are going to run the ball this week against Carolina. You saw uh, Dallas run the ball extremely well on Carolina. They just put Shaq Thompson on IR, so they're down a big key second-level defender. But when it comes to Miles Sanders, who I think will get his this week, by the way, Kenny Gainwell looks awesome. Like, awesome. Like, they play him on third downs and passing downs. He had eight targets in that game, six for 58, rushing. Oh, and by the way, he had three for 31 and a touchdown uh, rushing. He had six for 58 receiving, rather. I mean, the Eagles have a lot of weapons on offense. And it's kind of annoying for fantasy because, you know, you saw – uh, Sirianni not even choose to run the ball in week three. That was a mistake against Dallas. Last week, Miles Sanders gets seven carries. Kenny Gainwell gets three. I don't think that was a mistake. They were moving the ball up and down the field uh, through the air. They didn't punt once in that game, nor did Kansas City. But the Eagles didn't punt once in that game. That was the right game plan from, from Nick Sirianni in that game. Um, I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more this week against Carolina. 
What about Carolina offensively? Uh, you know, they're talking like McCaffrey might play. I highly doubt it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, obviously, if he plays, you got to play him. If he doesn't go, I think it's a good week for Chuba Hubbard because the Eagles have been grinded up on the ground the last two weeks. Uh, Dallas and then Kansas City, the Eagles with that deep safety look, I mean, their defensive line after losing Brandon Graham has been bad against the run. I think it's a good week for Chuba Hubbard if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play. And then, I mean, DJ Moore is going to get his against anybody. Um, DJ Moore is just playing at a super high level right now. Robbie Anderson did have 11 targets last week, but he caught just five of them. I think he's still a buy low guy uh, in the long run here for Carolina. Last but not least, it's the Titans at the Jaguars. I would I would argue it's least, Rust. <laughs> <laughs> um, Derrick Henry. There you go. Uh, let's keep an eye on the status of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones for Tennessee. I thought Ryan Tannehill played about as well as he possibly could have played, throwing to Chester Rogers and Westbrook, Akina, and Berkser. Um, and Jeremy McNichols was their leading receiver last week. I mean, that shows you what's going on with Tennessee. Keep an eye on the status of A.J. Brown uh, and Julio Jones, but Derrick Henry against Jacksonville, another smash spot. Jacksonville? Uh, how about uh, James Robinson? Yeah, um, as opposed to yeah, Carlos Hyde was a surprise late scratch for uh, for uh, Jacksonville. Well, and all of a sudden, you know, here comes James Robinson. James Robinson has a huge game. He plays 95% of the snaps. Play him, Urban. I mean, heck, I don't even know at this time, by the time you listen to this, if Urban's even going to still be the coach in, in, uh, in Jacksonville. But if he is, he should play James Robinson uh, against Tennessee. This is not a great Tennessee defense. I think Marvin Jones with DJ Chark out for the year and LaVisca Chenault are both strong wide receiver three options for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you are dying at tight end, they had a clear plan for Dan Arnold. They traded for this guy. He might be somebody you pick up in a deeper league. It's a really good point, Joe. And that'll do it for episode one. We will record episode two immediately and it'll be available in your podcast apps after Midnight, we got the late games, the Sunday nighter, the Monday nighter. And you can, in the meantime, go to fantasypoints.com and use the code 21FEAST. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.